We're live. <laughs> Come on now. How you feeling? Hello, hello, Chris. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, a little bit under the weather, but the mm -hmm. show has to go on, right? Yes, the show has to go on. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> I've been taking like stuff all all for the last like two days on uh, yeah every single remedy you can think of, but it's almost out, so I sound a lot better than I did. Um, earlier today you know oh, that's good you take it's it, what allergy yeah. sinus yeah i was basically this past weekend um yeah i was i shouldn't have been outside it was like kind of kind of chilly breeze mm -hmm. you know and i already had bad allergies so yeah i should have prepared a little bit better took a little bit more medicine make sure i had my vitamin c and uh claritin d and all that good stuff you know <laughs> all the good stuff <laughs> so what right, we got well, tonight I'm glad to hear you are feeling better. But tonight we have a great show for you guys. Tonight we're talking about insurance. We're yes. going to actually go over life insurance and we're going to go over business insurance. I hope you guys are ready. Yeah. So um, actually, you know, uh, well, let's do this. So we got to start the show off right. So I'm Christopher Bush, financial advisor. I'm Abby, your tax strategist. And hey, let's look. start. <laughs> no, you're good. Good. I um, you know, welcome to the, another, another episode of the Red Line, guys. Um, I'm excited for everybody to be on the line. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. Cue our intro and we'll get into it. That's Hunter. So, so, so you mentioned about, you know, that we're going to talk about insurance and all that good stuff. Right. So, 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 you know, as we were preparing for the show and you guys understand, you know, Abby, like we're, we'll talk about the show, like what we're going to talk about before. And then when a show comes on, then we have like a totally different, not, I wouldn't say totally different, but new ideas just start popping up. Right. No matter how much planning I do, there's always going to be some new ideas that pop up along the way. Does that make sense? You feel the same way, Abby? Of course. That's exactly what we do. <laughs> right. So, so I was, I was, so this, I'm going to try to pull this up real quick, Abby. Um, when I'm, when I'm, when we're thinking about like crafting, you know, our show to help people implement things, right. Not mm -hmm. just talk about topics and um, just great glaze over, graze over them. Right. We want to make sure that we're, we're implementing some stuff. Right. So Absolutely. what I, what I thought about is that what if we kind of make this a, you know, a financial health assessment. Okay. okay. Right. So what I mean, by, what I mean by that is right. When we're looking at crafting a plan and, you know, making sure our family's healthy, right. You know, we kind of want to start with that foundation with the protection side. Okay. Yes. So when we're looking at protection, let me kind of see if I can share my screen real quick on some of these real quick. Um, and we can kind of go into it a little bit, but I'll take it off the screen in a second, but let's see, share screen. We got because now for you, I'll pull this up, Abby. So for you, what would you say from your side of the types of protection when we're thinking about the health assessment when it comes to protecting our families, protecting our businesses, protecting the way we do our finances? What what kind of comes to mind for you? Like, what, talk to me a little bit about that. Um, <clears throat> well, what comes to mind when it comes to protection um, family wise is always insurance. Right. Um, growing up, um, I'll be 100 percent honest with you. My dad doesn't believe in life insurance. And he yeah. used to tell us. He used to say, listen, I have three children 
and I will prepare for you guys. So he's, he believe, he believes in real estate. That is the insurance that he believes in. So what he literally told us is that I have three children. I will build three homes. Each of you got, that's what I will leave you guys when I pass. So he, he wasn't an individual that believed in life insurance, but being in my generation, I believe in life insurance. And I believe in the idea that it's, it's a protection for our family and not just as an individual, but also as a business owner. Yeah. Yeah. I think you made a good point. Um, a lot of people, you know, they, I, I guess even for me, my dad, right? So my dad does believe in life insurance. However, he didn't understand the importance of how much life insurance to have. And, right, and this is not only a life insurance show, guys. It's just what we're kind of talking about first. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, but so he, he understood that we needed to have insurance. We've always had mm -hmm. that. Right. However, you know, in 2019, my dad was playing golf and all of a sudden, you know, he pretty much passed out on a golf course. Right. Mm -hmm. So what had happened was he was actually um, had blood clots. Right. In his legs. Right. Wow. So he was in the rush to the hospital. Right. And, and so he had us literally stay in the hospital for about a month just to try to get the blood clots under control. Right. Mm -hmm. So so my family now, we have a decent amount of real estate. So that's how I kind of learned about real estate growing up. But my dad never taught me right about how powerful real estate was. I only knew about real estate. And I think I said this before because I just had to go work. Right. You know, after school, after um, after basketball practice, it was just, hey, look, you're going to hang sheetrock. We got to go clean up the toilets. We got to go then they'll do with the plumbing like we had to go hang up another roof. We, you know, so it was just me working. So he never explained the business side for me of real estate, mm -hmm. but he understood that I needed to learn how to work hard. Does that make sense? Right. So, so we have a, we have a decent amount of properties. But what happened in 2019 when he was in the hospital, that's when he realized he's like, well, yeah, we have real estate. But see, if God forbid and my dad was only dependent upon the life insurance policies that he has. Well, if he passed away with real estate, great. But we would have to sell the the, the real estate properties in order to build. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That makes sense? And so, so when yeah. somebody passes away, the last thing that you want to think about is trying to sell properties and trying to understand yeah. how we're going to offload this real estate. What if we're in the market like we're in now? Exactly. Right? If, you exactly. Own a two, if you own a duplex, a fourplex, a, you know, single family homes, if somebody passes away and you're saying, hey, look, this is the money that you can use when I pass, that is not a liquid asset. And I'm glad you say that because during, during COVID, my dad got a heart attack in his sleep. Yeah. And, um, and I think, um, and he had had open heart surgery. Thank God he's doing well, guys. He's literally back at his feet. And he he had a he had to um, put a PC in his heart, and and my mom during COVID got cancer. So yeah. that's when the word life insurance really got introduced into our family, uh, and I would say in their generation side, like with me, my sister, my brother, we get it, but they never really got it. So yeah. when um so when the word life insurance came up, which he's the one that came up with it. We were like, hey, listen, yeah. looking at this premium at this point and your condition, both of your condition, mom is going through chemo, you yeah. heart issues, life insurance right now is something that we should have spoke about really, really, really 10, 15 years ago. So yeah. I can absolutely understand. And plus too, just like you said, you know, if we do sell those properties, um, we got to go through um capital gains right we're gonna be talking those we gotta yeah, start the, paying you know we gotta take some of that money to bury you we got yeah. so much so yes life so let's, let's, guys for the month of may we're going to actually bring your heart to you guys with life yeah insurance. so i mean but let's talk i mean this is uh, we didn't even kind of even talk about going over this but you made a good point again because i think i think a lot of our viewers right I think most of the viewers, you know, let us know, let me know in the chat, but a lot of you guys understand that you got to be great in multiple asset classes in order for you to build wealth. Yes. Right. 
So, so, so what I mean by that is if you just like, if you listen to Robert Kiyosaki, you know, cash flow quadrant or the four asset classes, right? You got paper assets, you got commodities, you got a business, you got real estate, right? So, mm-hmm. so I understand that you got to be good at least two asset classes minimum, right? You either got to learn how to have a bomb paper assets portfolio, right? Mm-hmm. Or, and you have a really good real estate business, or you have a, mm-hmm. a real business that generates you income and you're yeah. great at paper assets. You have to have yeah. something because when one is up, one other can be down, yeah. right? But you made a, you made a good point when it came to like, cause some people think, Okay, I may not need as much insurance or like my dad, you know, he didn't understand how much he needed. But understanding with with um, um, when you pass away, if you have real property or business, that's going to create a capital gains event. Life insurance is completely tax free. Right. So, yes, yes, you may have a business. Great. Yes, you may have real estate. Great. But I tell people this for for every for the for every single property that you have, right? You should have a life insurance policy on that property for the for the total value of it. And your mortgage. Don't forget your mortgage. Right? Even of course, your personal mortgage. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right? I'm gonna agree. You gotta have enough life insurance coverage. Yep. Hey, look, even if even if this pop even if this property is paid for. If it's cash flowing, again, when somebody passes away, they're transitioning. The last thing that you want to do is focus on how to liquidate the asset. That's why life insurance is still is so important. But it's 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 a I think that life insurance is the number one mostly purchased product in America. I would probably say almost in the world. Look, right? I'm, about to, I'm, about to, I'm about to text my daddy and tell him to watch this show, y'all. Come on, <laughs> right? The number one financial product, right? The number one financial product that's sold, but it's also the number one most misunderstood. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that we have to understand that. You know, all these financial all these financial pieces, they all come together, but there's always going to be a need. You know, there's different rules that we'll talk about. But let me kind of show you what I mean by a financial health assessment. Okay, Mm -hmm. we'll kind of get into it. One second, guys. Right. Uh, And I'm going to expound on this, uh, Abby, because I literally just thought about this as I was driving. (laughs) As I was driving to um, why isn't my window open? Okay, when I was driving up back up to the office. Right. Definitely. So check us out. So, so when I say a financial health assessment, and this is going to be, you know, we'll have different types of sections, but this one that, I, that we'll call it is going to be our protection component. Okay? okay. So, and this is not all of them because uh, again, I was just dropping this down off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. when we're looking at the, the, when we're looking at an assessment, okay, when we take an assessment of our, fi- of our financial health, the protection side, these are yep. some of the things that's going to come up, right? Yeah. Number one, life insurance that we're talking about. So yep. we got to understand what type of life insurance to have, right? Yep. At what point in our life, right? Based on our income, mm-hmm. right? Because again, we we're, we see a lot of things on Instagram and TikTok now, right? Because you can make a bunch, if you're in the insurance game, you can make a bunch of money in an insurance, right? And that's yep. not a bad thing. But the only thing is you got to make sure that it's suitable for the client, but right? For, there's so many different policies, right? So we got to understand what type of insurance to have, right? Mm-hmm. What questions to ask, but also uh, auto insurance. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people say, hey, Chris, I got auto insurance. I said, what type do you have? I got full coverage. OK, full what coverage. Is really not a type. <laughs> right. Do people understand that? Like full, co- you can you can have you can have uh, twenty five thousand. Right. Fifty thousand. That could be full coverage. You can have fifteen thirty. That could be full coverage. But right. if your liability limits aren't set, that right. mean, you can still you can have full coverage, get into a wreck and still have to pay out. That's true. Right. So, see, I think we have to we I don't I don't know if anybody talks. I mean, this is kind of boring crap. Right. But people don't talk about understanding how to how to get a decent quote or the right type of quote from auto insurance. How do you mm-hmm. set your liability limits? Right. Same thing with homeowners insurance. Yes. Right. right? If we if we if we're you know, have a career or situation to where if we could not work today, right, even in our capability, right, there's not many, we have our, our disability insurance, Abby, do you have disability insurance? I have, um, I have disability insurance through my life insurance. Right. 
So, so, so with disability insurance, right? It's it's important. No, I have long term care insurance. Long-term, you you probably have a couple writers. We gonna talk about yeah. that, right? <laughs> so with that disability insurance, that's also pretty powerful too, because you got to understand. Hey, God forbid something to happen that you can't work. Yeah. Right. You still want to have that income coming in. That's true. Right. So we got to yep. understand. Okay, what type of questions do we need to ask? Do we put that inside of our insurance policy? Right. Yep. Do we have that as a writer? Do we have a standalone policy? A lot of people probably have it through Aflac, right? Yep. If you, if you heard, or, or Colonial, I think a lot of companies either do Aflac or Colonial, mm-hmm. right? Uh, most of the time with medical insurance, uh, I think it's a bigger conversation when it comes to business owners, Ad, because you know if you have yep. a job, they're pretty much giving you a standard type of coverage, and there's not too many variations, right? Yeah. That you can get depending upon what the job offers. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Long-term care, right? What you just talked about. Yep, long right. term and short terms. Mm-hmm. Right, we got our umbrella policy, right? So we got to understand, okay, where what is an umbrella policy, right? Yeah, true. I didn't. I, I think I, I didn't put short term disability in here. I think I missed a couple, but we. I'm going to fill it up, right? Um, you know, you know, um, uh, umbrella policy. And then the biggest thing that, that covers everything is estate planning. And mm-hmm. at the end of the month, Abby, I, I did lock down an estate planner for us. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's actually my personal estate planner. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll actually be on a call. Um, on our last show to kind of go over the estate planning portion of it as well. It's going to be pretty powerful. Um, But one thing that I didn't talk about that people don't really put in that protection phase is that checking and savings, right? That's also a form of the protection where we're looking at a good health assessment, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I think that's from a, I'm looking at it as from a personal and a family liability, you know, kind of talk to me, Abby, for you, what would you say from the business side or tax side? What, what would, what would you think about? Well, one of the things is a lot of time people get into um, business, but they don't um, they don't think they need business insurance. So um, when I first when I first opened my firm, um, I think around like a year after I opened my firm, you know, um, I had a partner. And um, and if, if you have partners in your in your businesses, it's important to have business life insurance. So what that pretty much mean is that. Um, if let's just say me and Christopher is in business together, if something happens to Chris, his wife, right? Let's just say your wife now owns your portion of the business. So we need to have a policy to buy out your wife. So it's important to think of things like that as a business owner. Um, It's important to think if something happens to you as well too, um, as a business owner, when it comes to life insurance. So life insurance is not, it's not just for you as an individual, but it's also important to have life um, to have a business insurance um, for your partner or whoever that you are partnering with in your business. Good stuff. Now, yeah. kind of talk to me. You know, what, I guess what do you what do you want to start tonight? You want to start with well, what insurance comes, you want to start? When it, we we can actually com- continue with um, with the different business insurance. Okay, so perfect. one of the questions that we usually get is Abby, does the premiums that are paid in life insurance policy are they typically a tax deduction? Oh, and yeah, the answer talk, is no. Yeah please, yeah, please talk about this because a lot of times people think that you can. Well, I'm gonna let you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. This, this is good, right? If if you can't make your life insurance a tax deduction, talk no. to me. So, and again, I know you you will hear you will hear other accountants, you will hear other influencers say to you, you know, um, the best another way, you know, to lower your tax liability is through insurance, not not your individual life insurance. So the premiums that are paid in life insurance is one not a deduction. It is not. It's not a deductible. Now, if the now if you as the policyholder surrender. Wait, 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 wait. So you say it's not a deduction, but 
can it be qualified as an expense to the, of the it, business? Yes, it can okay. be. It can be. It can be a business expense. So, so let now remember on on the on the on the when I'm talking about the life insurance part, um, that is not a deduction. It's on the personal level. On the business side, because it's the business that is paying for the premium, it is a business expense. And when we talk about a business life insurance, I'm talking about me purchasing a policy in case my partner right is deceased okay. now i can buy out the percentage let's just say my partner owns 50 percent of my of the company so now i can buy out i i purchase a policy so i can buy out my partner from so that. that that's when you have that is a deduction on the business side right right so that would be like a key man or a buy and sell agreement correct Correct. Right. And that's and that, that part is important, guys. So yes. it, think about it. So if Abby and I were in business together. Right. Then let's say if our business is Abby, um, you know, ANC and associates. Right. So the owner of the policy. Well, either, I like uh, how that sounds. Right. We should. We should probably create something. Else, <laughs> right. ANC and associates. Right. So 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 um, when so the so ANC and associates would be the actual policy owner of the policy. Yes. Right. right. The, the, so we, the company would be the policy mm -hmm. owner. Now, the mm -hmm. insured, right, would yeah. be either, you know, Abby and I would have policies on ourselves. Right. But then yes. the beneficiary would not actually be an individual. The beneficiary no. would be the, what, the business. It All would right. be the business, guys. Right. Does that make yeah, sense? Right. right. So people don't understand the, the, the beneficiary has to be the business because it's because it's again, we're, we're have a business liability together. And that's mm -hmm. what people got to understand. You can't just walk around and get no, life insurance on anybody that you see. It, you have to have an insurable interest. OK, exactly. So. so I just can't say, hey, look, I want to get an insurance policy on Abby. But now if we have a business together, now we have insurable interest because I, I depend upon her. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And and just so you guys know, um, um, I'm a tax strategist, but I do have my license. And Chris has it. They're like both have a license and insurance. So we, we, we do have an idea of what we're talking about. So another question that I usually get is. If the policy of the of the uh, the policyholder surrenders or cancel their life insurance policy, um, they may be subject to tax and any gains in the policy cash value. Uh, uh, that's another thing people will say. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna get an IUL, and um, that um, I'm gonna take some money out of the cash value, and it's not taxed. Lies. It is taxed because it's considered capital gains. Yeah, it, right. yeah, above above the basis, right? And that's Correct. what right. Above, above if, if there's any gain above the basis, that that does create a taxable event. If it someone's does. were to surrender the policy, right? Yes. Now, if you keep the policy in force, while it's in force, of course, it's it's tax. It's a loan, right? So loans are tax free. But the Correct. minute that you try to surrender a policy, any mm -hmm. gains above the basis, and we'll kind of get into this. I'm gonna show some policies. That's one thing. Hey. Uh, Vic, put this up. Make sure you put this on the screen. Make sure people have our email address. And I really want you guys to do this because I want to show real examples and maybe we can get somebody on the show yes. uh, that's in the comments to actually, we can kind of go through their insurance policy together. Okay. Yes. Right. Because that's, I really want to make it real. So if you can put our um, email address and stuff in our, in, um, up that where you guys can email us um, um, your policy or your policy questions so we can make sure we, we go through that. 
Okay. Yes, definitely. Now, another thing too, in some case, like say you as a policyholder, you can borrow against the cash value of your life insurance without incurring um, taxes. However, if the policy lapse or surrender, the outstanding loan balance may subject to be taxed as well. So that's another thing that you will hear gurus or you will hear people say that, no, you won't, you will, you can be subject to tax. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what else. Well, um, we'll, we'll kind of talk about that. What what type of tax would that be? That would just be capital gains tax, right? Correct, correct. Any gains, there would be tax Perfect. capital tax. Yeah. So, uh, um, in the beneficiary side, life insurance benefits that is paid to the beneficiary are not subject to federal income tax. Okay. Okay, guys. So, in, so your life insurance benefit. So let's just say, God forbid, something happens to me, baby girl gets all of this money, you know, it is not subject to tax. Yeah. Okay. However, if the policyholder has named their estate as the beneficiary, the benefits may be subject to estate tax. And probate. That's another thing they don't tell you. Exactly. But put, <laughs> this, I, this is big. Too. I mean, we, we aren't even going over nothing that we talked about. Right. But this, I, again, I think people need to have a pen and paper on this type of stuff to really pay mm-hmm. attention to what we're saying, because when you're when you list a again, even a child that's under the age of 18. Right. Yep. You list them as a beneficiary. What happens, Abby? Well, first of all, y'all better not list these children as beneficiary. Yep. I don't. But um, what I me personally, our trust is the beneficiary. Yep. But we'll talk about trust in another day. Uh, but usually it's best to make the trust the beneficiary. Your eight, your 18-year-old does not have the mindset to be um, the be- beneficiary of anything because anything that is under a minor or even an 18-year-old, it goes straight to the state. Yeah. And you don't want that. You don't You don't want that. Right. So and, and you got to remember this too, guys. When it comes to having beneficiaries on, their, on your policy, you know, it's two separate ways, right? Mm-hmm. I really believe, number one, make sure that there's not a child, somebody over the age of 18 or a responsible party, okay? Because there's a lot of times, again, I'm in the insurance business. I do insurance, you know, actively every day. Um, so so what I know that a lot of times when I'm sitting down with clients, sometimes they don't have somebody to even who they want to leave it to that is of age, right? They don't trust the cousin. They don't t- trust the um, auntie, they don't trust the like, but that's why it's so important to where you got to find, you got to create that network of people that you trust. It just can't go to a child, right? It needs to go to some type of an adult, right? Oh, and wow. even if, if you say this, even if you want it to go, how can I say this? I, I have it. Like, I'll, we can use me as an example. Okay. I don't have I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, I try not to go too deep, but no problem. So, all right. So I have it to where um, the beneficiary is the trust. And um, my um, my sister, for an example, is a trustee. And then in my will, right, yep. and this is why it's important to also have the will. In the will, it explains, you know, even if she's underage, what it is that she can get at a certain time. So it's important, guys. Remember what I, in the beginning of our show, I said there's three people that you guys want to have in your speed dial. You want to have an accountant, a financial advisor, and you want to have an attorney. It's important to have that will actually help you build your wealth. You need these three people in wealth. So 
So, uh, mm-hmm. no, so what, but what I was going to say about that is that because sometimes some people may not when they come to me, they don't have a trust set up. Right. But they yeah. still have a child. Right. So sometimes what I'll do is that, OK, well, let's make sure we have a responsible party and an adult as a portion of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you can have you could have potentially like a, um, you know, your trust. You got to get that set up, you know, as soon mm-hmm. as possible. But you can say, hey, look, I only want a certain amount of money to go to this person and they can at least handle the needs. They can handle the funeral expenses exactly. while everything else they can take care of. Right. Um, and that's where you're saying the will's going to come into place. The trust's going to come into place. It has to come together, right? Yeah. But even if you don't have that right away, don't let that stop you from having insurance, right? We can always work Definitely. the beneficiary part out. Just don't list the kids, guys. You Definitely. can't list the kids. No. One of the thing um, on on our community in my Discord, Trader Tax 101, insurance was one of one of our subject um, a couple of months ago, and um, and one issue um, that we constantly have in our community. Um, in our community as a whole is how is we see so much of our brothers and sisters that are passing away and we're 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 having GoFundMe or yeah. we're selling t-shirts or we're selling food just to bury them. That idea we need to actually break that chain. We were discussing it in uh, um in my community and it was it was just so sad, you know, to see how until now a lot of people do not have insurance. Yeah. And, and and it's something we definitely, definitely needs to change. But just to move forward, if your husband or your wife is the beneficiary, you also can be subject to a state tax. So on the tax end, it's important for you to know um, um, what one, what type of policy that you have? Two, how are you taxed on it? Three, which beneficiary would actually be taxed? on those um on those policy so depending on the state you live in um beneficiaries may be subject to um adherence tax on on the life insurance benefit that you currently have perfect perfect um i, I got another little key that's another little gem for you guys too um make sure we're talking about beneficiary stuff right and we know you know this is so much stuff right make sure whoever you list as a beneficiary knows that you got a knows that they're the beneficiary yes so did, y'all, did, y'all, did y'all understand did y'all understand that you know there there is a, if you i wish i could google it real quick but there is so many claims that go unpaid primarily because insurance companies don't know who to contact so if you did a life insurance policy and yep. all you gave was your agent a name right a first name last name and a percentage you pass away how how is the life insurance going to con- contact abby remember the life insurance company most of them some of them do okay there are some insurance companies that actively pro when they get a death certificate they proactively try to go find a beneficiaries yeah. but typically that doesn't happen right away a lot no. of times when i get phone calls of somebody passing away it's because somebody knew that they had a policy with me or they, exactly. they had one and then they called in but so yeah. the biggest issue is that most most of you guys never have a conversation with the people that you list as a beneficiary to let them know their roles and their responsibilities and that they're even a, a beneficiary on file, right? It's, it's, it's funny you say that, but one of the things that I do, and maybe your accountant or your financial advisor, um, or you could reach out to me and Chris and we could help you with this. One of the things that I do is when we write a policy for a client, we usually recommend them to also see an attorney. Yeah. To like, we'll, I'll say, you know what, now that you have your policy, 
I, I would like for you to see so-and-so. I, 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 um, we use Jeff as our business attorney. I would say, listen, I need you to go see Jeff. I need you to actually put together an estate plan. I need you to put together a will. And then one of the things that, um, and this is very important that you have, right? The copies, you want to have a copy on your phone in case something happens to you, right? You want to make sure you, you print out a copy and make sure whoever are the beneficiaries, they have a copy. So okay. have an electronic copy, have a paper copy, and have whoever you 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 trust or whoever is the person that's the trustee or the beneficiary, make sure they also have a copy. Yeah, and it's it's also a cool thing in um, one of my documents as well. Um, inside of our trust, when we do, when do we do a full plan for a client, I actually have one of those intake sheets to where um, they make sure that they put their information on their life insurance, what number to call, what's the agent's <laughs> number, agent's email address, plus home office number. They make sure that they have everything in place, right? We yeah. should not be scrambling, no. right, when somebody passes, right? No. It should not be something that, oh, my God, I got to find out where grandma has it. And I think this is a this is a conversation that us as African-Americans, we don't have with our families. Yeah. Right. So if you, if you have to, you got to make sure your parents, guys. I mean, yeah. I know some of some of our parents don't like to talk about these things or however. However, you have to be you have to get into a, a place to where you can have a comfortable family meeting and talk honestly about, hey, God forbid something happened, mom or dad. What type of things are in place? What type of things will I need to do? Right. I think somebody yeah. mentioned in the chat about a uh, like a burial. Pro I don't really do burial policies only because, yeah. again, it's really a waste of money most of the time. <laughs> only only yeah, only if only if somebody is old and they can't get mm -hmm. enough coverage, um, then maybe. But I think burial policies are one of the a big, a big rip off. And we'll, we're going to talk through that when we talk about the different types. Um, but I think if we have to have be able to have a family meeting, Abby, and help people understand what happens when somebody was to pass, what things are set yeah. up. We got to we got to do better job at that. We do. And and I love what Shanisha said if, um, in, in the African-American community. It's truly is something that hysterically we, <clears throat> we are losing our brothers and sisters, our parents, our aunts without having that conversation and you know it's so hard to it's yes it is it's a hard conversation to have but it is a conversation that is necessary to have should i have that conversation with yes. my 18 year old my daughter and until now it's so hard for my parents to have that conversation with us like yes. we we literally have to tell them listen do we need to contact the family attorney because obviously you guys are not telling us nothing so um i know it's a hard conversation to have but just like you can sit down and have dinner with your family when one of these one of these evening have that dinner and have that conversation yeah. you know right after dinner yeah because they'll be surprised at what type of policies your mom and dad have like they probably got them back in the 60s or 70s and they probably have like ten thousand dollars of coverage paying like a hundred dollars a month right five thousand dollars of coverage paying ninety dollars a month right my very first death claim that i paid abby when i was in the business i paid my i've been i've been in the insurance business since 2008 right i've been a financial advisor pretty much I, yeah i got my first license within 2008 in insurance um my very first death claim wasn't until 2015 and that's wow. when the business was real for me right um i had a family they had they were paying 25 they were paying 96 i'm sorry boom 86 dollars a month right mm -hmm. for ten thousand dollars of coverage five thousand on a husband five thousand on a wife literally 30 days later the wife passed away due to, to stage four cancer right but he didn't it's but he but if i did not if i did not come into the home right ensure the family come up uh, properly right go through their policies the actual policy did actually pay out they only paid one premium abby the policy paid fully out Right. And it changed his life. It right. So those are things that are so important uh, understanding it. But I think that what we have to get what we have to be real with today is remember, mm -hmm. guys, life insurance is not a financial plan. 
It's life not. insurance is a financial product. There you okay. go. Say it again. Say it again, please. Say life it again. Life insurance is not a financial plan. It's not. Okay? Life insurance is a financial product. So what I mean by that is this, don't, don't get swindled in understanding that, hey, this, you know, again, I can make life insurance sound great any type, but don't yeah. understand that it's not a... It, don't think of it like people they say, oh, this is a Swiss Army knife. It does everything. No, look, you, you got to have something else besides that, that, that life insurance policy. Don't yes. let the life insurance agent sell you on. It's a retirement <laughs> plan. It's a savings account. It's 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 a borrowing account. You can buy your, like, it, it, it is not meant to do all of those things. It's now, not. Are there situations that it can do some of it? Yes. However, it's not a financial plan, right? That's Make sure you're sitting down with somebody that not only has a life insurance license, but they also have an investment license as well. That way, you know that they can do the right thing for you, right? One thing I hate is that sometimes people push them into a product and saying that this isn't an investment. No, it's not an investment. Life insurance is not an investment. If it was, you would have to have an investment license to sell it. You only exactly. got to make, right? You only got to have a life insurance license to sell life insurance. Yeah. Okay? Right. So, I mean, except for, you know, variable universal life, those type things, guys. But we got to make sense. We, okay, we got to make sure we understand that it's a product, not a financial plan. Okay. Yes. There you go. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I guess understanding on, on what, what did she say? She said about, um, uh, uh, oh, she said the, the amount of coverage, right? Let's oh, talk about the amount of coverage that somebody should have, right? Let's go from a personal standpoint. There's a couple well, of rules. What would you say, Abby? With this economy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> with this economy, I would say, you know, you know, based it on your budget, right? Um, what a person can have a million dollar coverage. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to have a million cover coverage. And depending on what other assets that you have, you don't necessarily need a big, you know, um, policy. I would say base it, base it on your needs, your budget, um, and your desires. Um, yeah. Just like um, Chris said, it's a product. So you have to see it as such. And you have to do your own evaluation to see what is what would be best, what would be in your best interest, not just for you, but for your family. Um, it does. It does help build generational wealth. It does. Life insurance will help at least not your current generation, but the generation to come may not have to go through what you have to go through. Right. Well, I'm going to put something on the screen real quick, just on that. Um, but if you think of it, let's just say I have, I have yeah, a mortgage. Yeah, no, I'm going to do it for you. One second. Okay. <laughs> do so it this, for now, there, now there's multiple different ways to help someone understand the different types of insurance, right? Or, or how much coverage to have. Okay. There's, you could say there's a rule of thumb of like 6% of your gross income should be what you should be uh, spending on life insurance. Or mm -hmm. you could say, Hey, look, you need to have at least 10 times as much life insurance coverage as you do income, right? Those are, those yeah. are simple plans. Okay. But understanding, guys, that's what we're talking about, Abby. It's all about us also a base about your budget because I don't want you to, yeah, you can be making 50K and yeah. you want to have $500,000 of life insurance coverage because it's it's five times, it's 10 times your income. But now if you're spending $300 a month on life insurance, but you're not saving in other places, that's not a great plan either. I don't not want to make you insurance poor. So that's not why it, it's crazy to where some people, again, that's why it's, it's about the type of policy. Is They say, Crystal, which one's better? Should I get term? Should I get cash value, IUL, universal life, whole life, paid up? So so it really depends. Well, it really doesn't depend on a lot of things, but I can, I'm can i kind of biased on some ways because I'm big on the plan, uh, but we're going to get into it. But let's look at this first, right? Uh, there's some things that just like, are just like straight trash sometimes. Um, but let's look at this, right? So this is one way that you guys can assess how much life insurance coverage that you need. Okay. This is a, you know, a simple way, yep. right? Go, go through what we, this is what I call the dime method right now. There's multiple different methods. Okay. But this is called the dime method on here. 
So the dime, the D stands for debt and death. What that mm -hmm. means is that look at how much consumer debt do you have right now, including student loans, yep. right? How much debt that you have, boom, we would Oof. put that number there, right? So let's say I got $20,000 in credit cards. I got $50,000 in student loan, boom, for, for my debt, I need to cover, I need to have at least $70,000 worth of life insurance coverage for that, right? Uh, my policy, my policy that may not be enough. <laughs> <laughs> right, so so then we, if, then if we look at like death, right? If we look at death, yep. typically the average funeral, I was just talking to a funeral home director. Normally, you know, today, if you know, some people go elaborate but let's just say, call it 25k right mm -hmm. so when we're looking at just that d column you probably need close to about 100 grand of life insurance coverage just for just to cover cover that d that makes sense mm -hmm. right yeah so, so now the second thing is for income replacement that's what I'm saying. Okay, we need like let's say let's say that I'm making fifty thousand dollars a year, right? That I'm I'm gonna have at least ten times as much income, um, ten times as much life insurance coverage as I do income, right? And that that would be right five hundred thousand dollars. So okay. now I'm already up to six hundred thousand dollars of coverage. That's that's I'm gonna need on just on those two, mm -hmm. right? So we got the D, we got the I. The next thing is a mortgage. What is the current balance of your mortgage? But if you also have more than more than well, we were talking about that's a business side. We'll talk about it in a second. Your personal mortgage. What is the balance left on there? Or what is it? What is the current value of your home? What is the actual cost to replace it? Okay. I would just say probably say the balance of the mortgage. Let's say I owe a quarter million dollars on a mortgage, right? So now I got a hundred thousand for the debt and debt. I got five hundred thousand dollars for income replacement. That's six hundred. Now I got another two fifty for the mortgage. That's eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of life insurance coverage. Actually, you need a million dollar at this point, y'all. Right, minimum, right? But so, so now, now the last thing would be like education, or like let's say an inheritance. Maybe you have young children, right? You yeah. want to make sure that you have some set aside to pay for their education, or leave some type of legacy or inheritance, yeah. right? You have that dollar amount that you want to live with. So let's just call it. Let's just call. I got. Let's say I got two kids. I only have one, right? Let's say I got two kids, and let's say I want to leave a hundred thousand for both, right? So right now, just based on that illustration, guys, I need at least one point, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, about one point, let's call it $1.2 million of life insurance coverage. Correct. Right. So see, that's how you determine your need. Yeah. Just because this is, I'm saying this is what you need. Now I got to think about, okay, what can you afford? That's why exactly. it goes into understanding the different types of life insurance, mm -hmm. right? You got term insurance and there's this multiple different types of term, right? You know, when you got, when you think about term, uh, you got level term, you got increasing term, you got decreasing term, you got renewable term, you got convertible term, you got yeah. paid up. Term. Like, it's so many different types of terms, but we'll go into that in a little while, right? <laughs> You got whole life, universal life, variable life, index universal life. Then there's also life insurances when it comes to trust. But these yeah. are the five basic types. So see, some of you guys, the reason why our culture, Abby, right? Why are, why, why are we so behind financially? I think one of the biggest reasons is that our culture never really understand life insurance because we yeah. always think about life insurance when it comes to burial, but life insurance is really for income replacement and leaving a legacy, not burial. But I think, I think probably the biggest for me is I think we think of now, yeah. we don't, we don't think of future. We don't yeah. think of, we don't think of after me, like what happens after me, um, especially um, our children or especially those who we love or care for. I think the culture needs to get to the point where we're not just seeing us and we're not just seeing current us, but like I, when I think of me, I don't just think of me as present, but I think of me coming from my daughter, from my daughter's children's, her children's children. So there, I believe in generation. So when we say the word generation, part of generational wealth has, has to come, it has to start at least with life insurance. Yes, we do need, yes, we, I can I be a hundred percent honest with you? 
the first bill that gets paid every month is my life insurance. Yeah, absolutely. My dad says, my dad always used to tell my mom, uh, you can cancel all the bills if you want to, but one, one bill that you don't cancel is that insurance. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, and that part insurance. is huge. And I think that's where, when you understand how much coverage that you need, then mm -hmm. back it down about how much you can afford, it's going to gear you into the type of coverage that you should probably have. Now, for, for as a foundation, uh, you know, I really feel, I really believe that as a foundation, Right. And overall, people need to have term insurance. Why? Because it's cheap and it's affordable. Right. Because yeah. if you try to get a million dollars, if somebody, let's say 40 years old, they try to get a whole life policy for like a yeah. million dollars. They spend an eight hundred dollars a month. Eight hundred. I mean, that's that's on the low side, actually. Probably. I mean, probably a little bit more. I should I should have done a quote. I'll do a quote next time. Next. Right. <laughs> right. It's probably going to be more than that. So you got to understand. Yes. They, they talk about having a whole life universal, life, all these uh, cash value policies. But understand that's a commitment that you got to keep up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's why it's, I'm big on look, I need to have a lot of insurance now because God forbid something happened tomorrow while oh, I'm yeah. trying to save up money. Right. And my insurance needs to pay out. Yeah. Right. But so over time, I should have I should have more money in life insurance that right, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, more money in my investments than I do have in insurance. But let's say if you want to have insurance forever, that's not a problem. Yeah. Right. Because now I can take the dividends from my investment account, Abby. I can let that pay for my life insurance policy. So it doesn't have to come, see, if you have a if you have an investment plan, a financial plan when you retire or get older that money doesn't have to come out of your personal pocket you should have an investment vehicle a true investment that are mm -hmm. able to kick off dividends to pay for those type of fixed expenses if they start to rise over time see Correct. that's how a financial plan gets built Correct. right but we're so focused on borrowing policy borrowing money from a policy again I'm not, yeah. I'm not i'm I'll, I'll, i'm gonna go over ways that that stuff can work i'm not i'm not gonna say that it's completely horrible but for most clientele, Abby, it just doesn't yeah. make sense. And it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't fit in their plan yet. And, and yeah, I, think I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily. Okay, so IUL is not a bad policy. It has its purpose and it yeah, has absolutely. its clientele. Yeah. So just, I think what issue is that, I think what happens is that we have made IUL to be a bad guy. IUL, Index Universal Life is not a bad guy. Is yeah. it just it has its clientele? It has its purpose. Yeah, I think every every financial product has its purpose, and that's what we want to yep. help you understand is Correct. where it, where does it fit in? And I think that's like where the that, I think that's where I have the problem with the misinformation Correct. is how it fits in, right? Because let me can we give you an example, right? So you know, I, I was talking with somebody, and some people are going to hate me talking about this, but uh, it is what it, I'm, I just want to speak the truth. When we're looking at ways to leverage money, okay, let's say if you if you did make enough money, and you said, well, Chris, I do want to use a life insurance policy as leverage, okay? You know, you can you you can use like a securities back line of credit, right, to say, hey, look, I, I don't want to. This is how people borrow money, right? They say, hey, look, I can use a securities back line of credit for my investment account, meaning that I can have, let's say, a million dollars in my investment account. And let's say I want to go buy real estate. Okay. Instead of me withdrawing 250 from my from my investment account to go buy the real estate, I can take a securities back line of credit off my million dollars. That investment, that money in my investment account still does what? Well, it still grows, but I still have access to the 250000 Correct. Right? Well, I don't right. believe using my own money anyway. So right. no, but, but but follow me. So that's one strategy. However, securities back line of credit is not good in this environment, in this economic environment, because right. now your interest rates rise. It's high. Mm-hmm. If you if you would have looked at last last May, right, mm -hmm. last April, May, you could get it like from from M1 Finance, right? From M1 Finance, you can get a securities back line of credit uh, for like for off your portfolio up to like seventy percent, I believe, for like two like two percent. But wow. now those same rates are like six percent. So see, in that type of environment, it would not be great. This type of environment would not be great for us to pull right. money right from from uh, do, doing a securities back line of credit now. 
So maybe if you did have a cash flow banking policy or infinite banking policy that's built correctly, that it fits your actual needs, that maybe since that's a fixed rate that you could borrow from that policy. You see what I'm saying? So, so it's, it's about how you how you use the tools, right? And I think that most of the time when we're, when we're hearing things on Instagram and social media, a lot of times we're using the tools incorrectly for the wrong, you know, for the wrong person. Yeah. And, and sometimes too. And again, it's not like the information is wrong. It may not be aligned with your situation. This is why it's so important to speak with a financial. Um, it's, it's important to speak with a professional. So um, it's okay to hear information and it's okay to obtain information, but it's also your responsibility to do your DDs. It's your responsibility yeah. to do your due diligence. It's your responsibility to do your own research. And I say it just like I say to my clients, just like your money is your responsibility for you to actually run it and control it and manage it. So yeah. you have to take the responsibility in doing your own research and see how what you have, the research you have done, how it's aligned with your situation and yeah. then sit down with somebody so someone could put together a plan that is aligned with you, your goals and what it is that you want. I know that May is going to be a very great month because this is just the beginning of us dissecting life insurance for you guys and bringing you guys the best information that you guys can do your own DDs and see what would be best for you guys. So we will dissect term life insurance, whole life insurance, universal life insurance, variable life insurance index. We also going to talk and about business yeah. yeah, and I want to show illustrations on when it fits for certain t- types of people, okay? Like, and 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 how and what the real situations are, right? Because again, like sometimes if somebody is like you know seventy years old, I'm not, I'm not, you know, the, a term policy not going to work. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. right? Right? I, I'm probably going to have to get a, some type of whole life policy, or maybe somebody has diabetes or like twenty different medications. I probably, mm-hmm. you know, they may only can use a graded policy. Right? It's just so many different types, guys. Mm-hmm. And if you're sitting down with a with an experienced professional they should be able to chop that up with you, okay? And that's when I think probably out of everything, well, I wouldn't say that. I'm a beast when it comes, I will say that, Abby. I'm a beast when it comes to life insurance, that's right? Uh, it's, it's, it's um, you know, there's not too many things that that I can't answer when it comes to a life insurance policy and all types and how to break it down in real scenarios because I want to take somebody's entire life to bring it together. So I, I'm excited about um, this topic good. over the month. Very good, awesome. We're also going to discuss, you guys, business insurance, general liability insurance, property insurance, business interruption insurance, professional liability insurance, workers' compensation. We're going to go over cyber liability insurance. So I'm really excited for um, um, this episode, and I'm very excited for the month of May and how we are going to dissect insurance for you guys. I know a lot of you guys have been asked, how can you get a hold of um, myself or how come you get a hold of um, of Chris? Um, I I am always in my community or um, or Discord. If you are if you do use Discord, it's Trader Tax One Hundred One. Um, you can also email us any questions that you guys may have, and we will definitely answer it here live for you guys. Um, yeah. I know a person that did ask me a question. I promise you. I will answer that. I will get that question answered for you. You can go to help at thecomeupseries.co. Um, whatever question that you may have for Chris and I, we will definitely get that answer for you guys. Thank you guys so much for showing up tonight. Do you have anything last that you want to um, cover, Chris? No, I mean, I, again, it's like you said, I just want to encourage everybody to reach out to us. If you hit my Instagram, um, shoot me a message or I have a link up there if you guys have questions. But 
Um, I really want to get some valuable feedback on the life insurance side because I want to bring up real scenarios. So I think because I think me just talking, you know, us just talking about the different types, we really need to help people with scenarios on their current situation on what works for them. That way people can get a more of an idea. OK, well, if I'm making fifty thousand dollars a year, pretty I can pretty much say what product to have. If you're making $100,000 a year based on your debt to income, I can probably tell you what product to have. If you're making over a quarter million dollars, I can probably say, okay, what things we need to have, right? Because, you know, so, and I think that's the conversation that will help and really change some people's lives on how they, how they utilize things. If they understand, maybe I can tie it to an income bracket and a financial plan. Maybe that's a simple diagram that I can really make to help people know when to um, talk about the different types. Awesome. Awesome. And Shanisha, um, Shanisha is a queen with life insurance. So Shanisha, definitely we will actually, um, um, Shanisha said, let her know if she can add any value in the topic. She is the insurance queen. Shanisha, definitely, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> awesome guys. <laughs> you guys are very welcome. Thank you so much for showing up tonight. Chris, I hope you feel better. Um, yeah. uh, we will see you guys next Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. I'm Abby, your tax strategist. I'm Christopher Bush, your financial advisor. And thank you for joining us in the red line. You guys have a great night. Take care.